You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, so we went to the theatre this week. This is the before the after the show discussion, but it happened to be days ago. On one of our rare um, excursions to the cinema, which was actually, interestingly enough, decent. There wasn't any... uh, Jerks? There wasn't any cell phoners or texters or whatever, talkers. Couple talkers. There were some chompers. But not constant. But pretty rare. I mean, it, it was pretty decent. Yeah. So the movie we went to see was Django Unchained, uh, Quentin Tarantino's new movie. Um, we're probably going to review the Blu-ray later down the line. Well, I guarantee you we're going to bl- review the Blu-ray. So we won't spoil anything or... All, I, all I'm going to say is go and see this movie. Why did we go to the theater, which we never do, to see this particular movie? Why? Because it was on there. No. Why this particular movie? Because I wanted to see it. Right. Why? Because I always like to see Quentin Tarantino movies. The only Quentin Tarantino movie I've not seen in the theater is Inglorious Bastards. Mm. Because um, it wasn't on round here. And the Blu-ray came out really quick. We got to see it on Blu-ray, so... Um, so yeah, it's, I really loved it. It's very, it's controversial. It's um, uncomfortable in parts. It's. Uh, I was trying to think earlier. Is it my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? And I, you know, my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie is Pulp Fiction. I don't think I don't think he can top that movie for me. It like it's a lasting impression kind of movie on me. But. And I see, like, this latter half of his career, actually, Kill Bill, um, Inglorious Bastards, and Django, as kind of like a different era of Quentin Tarantino, if you think about those earlier movies. When he was Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, it was more of a gangster, kind of, you know, violent type. But these are these ones are kind of homages to certain things. Um, so I see these later ones as a different kind of vibe from him. Um... But, I, you know, I really liked it. I thought it, I thought it was really... You know, it, it's what he does. It's not surprising, because it's what he does. You know, the music, the ultra-violence, the very long dialogue scenes that are, like, punctuated by violence. You know, he does that in every movie, right? But, um... I really liked it. It's like nearly a three-hour movie, and it felt like about half an hour to me. <laughs> I mean, it didn't drag. Um, no, no. You know, there's some awesome uh, Christoph Waltz is if he, he should get star an Oscar of the show. for that. Absolutely, 100% star of the show. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I totally think so. Absolutely, he, he was the star of the show for me in Inglorious Bastards too. Definitely, and you know that opening scene of Inglorious Bastards in the house with the people. That opening scene could have been the whole movie for me because it's just like amazing that scene. It's like a little short movie in itself, and it's scary and it's. Your stomach is just taking in knots. Yeah. Mine was like just. I think that's the oh. first time I'd really seen Christoph Waltz because he wasn't somebody we were all familiar yeah. with at that point, was he? But in this movie, he just runs away with it. I think. Um, I'm glad he was able to be German. Yeah, you know. And 
being Leonardo DiCaprio, amazing performance. Like, you know, people, I, I hate, people dog on Leonardo DiCaprio all the time. Everything I read, like, oh, God, Leonardo DiCaprio. What's wrong with him? <laughs> He's done some amazing movies. I, I'm, I'm on, always on his side, even from Titanic onwards, you know? Or before Titanic. Absolutely, Basketball before Diaries. Titanic. Yeah. I've never seen Basketball Diaries. So did you like Django? Mm-hmm. Um, was there... Do you were you um? Did the controversy bug you in any way or? Mm, I don't know what. Did you feel offended by it in parts or? Well, I'm not an African American person, so I think that's where, you know, I'm offended that slavery, that racism exists. I mean, I think that's offensive, but I'm not offended by, but I'm not the per- I've never experienced it, so I don't know if it feels like it's being made fun of or glorified or if this white guy writing a movie to mock in a sense you know racism and slavery that doesn't like make you go oh he's championing 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 in us championing <laughs> yeah like that doesn't that doesn't make sense to make oh he's cheering he's rooting for us i mean so I don't know about the controversy. I think people just take a little I actually, snippet and then say, oh, we're using the N-word and he's doing this and he shouldn't talk about slavery. It's inappropriate. And On so- purpose, I went and uh, looked for African-American reviews of Django Unchained to see. What yeah, Afri- but I think that's a bit weird. Why does that make a difference? No, it's not weird. I was trying to get a cross-section of people right. I saw... I, I, I tried to look for some old people's reviews of it on because YouTube is full of reviews from everybody, right? Yeah. All kinds. Of, I saw some reviews from some old people. I saw some reviews from some African American racists reviews. I couldn't find any, and I did try. <laughs> I wanted to see if there was somebody who was like, "This is awesome because I'm racist," and this. Well, they wouldn't think it's awesome. No, they wouldn't. Would they? <laughs> oh, well, but, but maybe they stupid. would. Or maybe they would like. And just not get it. That scene there where they were doing that to such a person was awesome. It gave me a kick or whatever, you know. But, yeah, it it doesn't... I can see people, were, you know, having a problem with it. Because, yes, the N-word is used like 126 times during the movie, right? Which is the most N-words in movies, apparently. Somebody's calculated it. Of course. Um, and... You know, it shows horrific things being done to black people, but it also shows horrific things being done to white people. This movie, in fact, probably more stuff being done to white. You know, no. it's pretty abusive to it's white. Not people. equally, not equal. Do you not think? No, absolutely. I, I was not. thinking it was about equal. No, no. Not unless my brain's registering that every white person who gets something horrible done to them deserved it. So I don't count that as something horrible. I count it as something justified. And I also have to, um, you know. I'm not a massive fan of Samuel L. Jackson. I think he... I actually feel about him. He's really good in Pulp Fiction. And then I think he makes really poor choices along the way. And he's in a lot of really crappy, like... Snakes on a Plane, for instance. Or a lot of crappy straight-to-video type stuff where he pops up in it. And, And it's just not good. And I'm always like, oh, wow, he's not great, is he, Samuel L. Jackson? He's in all this shit. But in this movie... And this role that he plays, uh, I give him props. I, since Pulp, I love him in Pulp Fiction, but in this movie, that is a hardcore role to sure. play because he's 
It's really complicated. He's, you know, we, we you can't say. We can't but. say what he is, but what he is goes against. Well, I see an interview with Samuel L. Jackson. It goes against him as a man in in every single respect. He says, right? Not that it can't, but I mean that's his. I mean, yeah, yeah, it does though. So he had to play against every type, everything inside him. He had to play against, and that's the reason he took the role. He knew he would be. You know, people would say, why did you do that? But he wanted to... Sure. And I think he pulled it off fantastically. There's some scenes in there where, when he goes into the kitchen to talk to mm-hmm. the women. It's fantastic. And she says what you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And um, she's fantastic. She didn't say much, but oh my God, she also, in the scenes that she's in... Broomhilda. She exemplifies the... The fear and the, the, you know, the vulnerability of a human who's, it's just fucked up to even, who, who the fuck ever thought it was okay to do this? But the, the vulnerability of one human whose life, life, whole life is owned by some other fuckhead human who, and her entire everything about her is is in their hands. Her well-being, her health, her death, her everything. And she, the moment she has to play, plus with lots of extenuating circumstances, the way she is, it, it's like cut into me. Like I could, you know, like, oh yeah, that's so horrifying. And her reactions are just exactly, she she didn't say a lot. No. But I was totally, I thought when she was in a scene, I was just focused on her, like, totally. So expect more Django Unchained talk when the Blu-ray comes out, but that's our quick opinion. <laughs> <coughs> so, let's get on to today's proceedings. It's Saturday, January the 5th, 2013. This is, after the show, number 256. The do movie- we have, like, an opening bell or a gavel knocking to we get proceedings going? <laughs> <laughs> so the movie we're looking at this week is Total Recall and it's not the Arnold Schwarzenegger one it's the new 2012 version um, uh, it's 2012 release obviously and it was released on the 18th of December 2012 this is a Blu-ray now it's the Blu-ray with the extended director's cut and the theatrical version we watched the extended version which is uh, 12 minutes longer than the, the normal version um, it's from our friends at Sony and you, Sid Talk, are going to give us the synopsis of Total Recall. All right. A dude is unhappy with, or, you know, kind of searching for something else in his life, something's not quite right. So he seeks out this thing called Recall, which can plant false memories in your mind so that you will have thought you experienced something that you didn't to liven you up a bit or give you experiences you never had. And in the process, something cracks open to where he then is exposed as and they're trying to convince him that he is not who he thinks he is. And there's a huge conspiracy afoot and there is an... Well, to me, it's an underlying story, even though it's the main plot that... The world now only has two habitable places, England, or the Empire of England, or whatever it's called, and Australia. And Because of? I didn't catch why. Chemical warfare. Oh, chemicals, yeah. 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 It wasn't, I don't know if I wasn't looking straight at it or what, but I know there was some text. There was and chemical I was like, warfare. Well, I'll just figure it out. 
<laughs> that was the only thing. I don't know if I just was looking down and they had words that. That's why they all like gas masks going in between. Yeah, but then I wasn't one hundred percent sure. But um, they've dug a tunnel straight through the planet, so that these two places can you know communicate between and people can pass through. And the idea is one place is sort of elite and one place is like the slums and politically someone thinks that that needs to be uh, equalized. So, um... I made it sound very dry. There might might be some spoilers, let's say. Um, So, go and watch the movie. Come back. Um, So, let me just say, I... You know, I, I was doing the template for this this week and adding everything to it. And I always end up on IMDb because I have to get some information about it. And I saw that it was a really low rating on IMDb. And that's the people say, you know, fucking, yeah. oh, this was four stars. This was, And it had like four stars or five stars. And I was like, oh, I really, op- I like Total Recall, the original. Four or five out of four, five? Out of ten. Oh, out of ten, okay. So I was like, I like Total Recall. I, I really hope these people are very wrong because... You know, we didn't like it because it was great. We liked it because well, it was I, what it was. I don't even know if I like it. I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. We've not said we like it. No, the original. The original was great to me. Right, but I'm not... during the time. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, um, and it's real campy, and this is not right. So this is, and this is. You know what I would do, what I would say to you, if you've seen Total Recall, just forget that. Don't recall it at all. This is a different movie. Yes, it shares a couple of things, but it doesn't share much. Mm-mm. It's nothing to do with Mars. It's nothing to do with... It doesn't share much apart from the concept of the recall facility that will give you the... And the wife and the other woman. Yeah, but, but it just... The it, conspiracy. It shares that stuff just... A like, rebellion. It's a skeleton. It's the skeleton of... But it's a different story. Like, it's a... It's... Because you know. have you ever read the original? It's based on a short story. Have you ever read it? No. To see if that one has Mars or if that was just implanted in I've the movie. I've not read it, no. It'd be interesting to see what it was actually all about. But um, it's a different story, this. You know, and it's a darker, less comical story. Um, at its heart, the science fiction of this movie is incredible, I think. It blew my mind at the beginning, the fact that there was a... Yeah. There was an elevator going through the entire Earth. When it, when it explained that concept, and it explains it in the opening seconds of the movie, just by text yeah. and, a, and a drawing. And I was like, that is awesome. And they're showing us a text and drawing because they don't want us. They don't want to do it. We'll never see it. Because it's we too just, huge. We just have to know it's there. Just re, just re, and then they <laughs> proceed to show you it in great detail. How it works, it working. The mechanics of it. The When you get... when. So yeah, one side's at Australia, one side's at Britain. When when the elevator gets in the middle of the world, another mind blowing thing: gravity reverses while they're in the train in the, and then you know. The weird thing is, I bet it wasn't even three. Maybe, maybe at the end of last week, I watch all these science YouTube people. You know, periodic table and six. Uh, 60 symbols and stuff and somewhere along the line or maybe the Vlogbrothers or SciShow I don't know which one it was did a little maybe it was Minute Physics I don't remember but it was why don't we drill through the earth have they seen this movie then? Uh, I don't think they didn't mention it but I mean the thing was that you know one of the reasons obviously is like the world the movie we just can't do it everything moves too much under there so you can't do it anyway but if you could that that is one of the problems. The heat, the pressure, 
and that and he did a little cartoon and that's exactly what it was it went down and then gravity would reverse and then they explained the guy and the extra said the thing would just go back and forth on its own yeah like it would a shoot pendulum. out one end or the other because gravity pulls it yeah. and pushes it you know so I was like whoa I'm <laughs> I just saw somebody talking about the flimsy science of this and now here it is so, so we're not saying that's a that you have to check your science brain at this door a little bit, but no, but I think it the feels actual concept, plausible. the concept of it, and the way it was realized on the screen was perfect. I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is! And then when you see the futuristic city, it's it's flawless. It's it's, it's gorgeous. They've really put a lot of effort into. Like I was thinking, oh, this is going to look shitty. It's going to look really small because they're going to do a little bit of it. Yeah, but then there's a scene where. Um, Colin Farrell walks out onto his balcony and the camera comes around him. And you see it in all its glory. It's like Blade Runner, but like 50 times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and then it's like, I was like, okay. And then there's a, a chase sequence, which is across this city. Well, there's a few chase sequences. The but, other city. But yeah, the first one across where he's running away from yep. her. And I was looking, thinking, this is going to be, it's hokey in some places, surely. And it never was. It like I was like, wow, this is, they've realized a city completely, everything. The people, the grime of it, it, it doesn't look like a set. And I was thinking, this is like a huge set, surely, but obviously there's a lot of green yeah. screen. Um, and then there's a sequence later on with flying cars. A car chase, essentially, but with hover cars, where... You know, yes, there's one in Fifth Fifth Element is another one I can think of. But this one was insane. It was like watching Speed Racer. Remember Speed Racer? Mm-mm. I never watched it. From the Wachowski brothers. We reviewed it, actually. Oh, the movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, like those anti-gravity raceways. And then, you know, sometimes you're on a road. Sometimes you're hung from a road. Like suspended or on top. It was fantastic. I, I was like, wow. The realization of this whole thing... They must have put a lot of money into it because there was never a moment where I was like, oh, yeah, that looks shitty CG because none of it did. It really didn't. I mean, there was a lot of blur, which is attributed to just that digital kind of looks. Right. You know, it's a mixture of what looks right and what doesn't. So there's lots of Lens fuzziness. There's a lot of that. Yeah, which I think oh, it was all added, obviously. Yeah, but I think that might be to cover some things up. But while you're watching it, there was never a moment. And there's a, most CG films I watch there'll be a moment where I go, ugh. Even the Avengers, there'll be a yeah. moment where I'll go, oh, that Captain America flying around that thing. It looks a bit weird. I don't really like it. There wasn't one time in this movie. I mean, the car chase to me is quite boring. Yeah, but exciting, um, it looked but perfect. But it looked great, yeah. Yeah, everything. I, I couldn't think of a, the, the... And I was looking everywhere. Yeah, the it. future tech in this movie, like the holograms... Or the telephones that are implanted into your hands. There was loads of really good ideas where I was like, wow, yeah. That's not even sci-fi. That will probably exist soon. Not the, not the phone in the hand. Right. But like, the, you know... The, you have, in this movie, they have a phone implanted into the hand. And when they put the hand on a piece of glass, the glass acts as like a video phone. Amazing. Like... There's things like that. Oh, the, when they're driving the car and she says, you drive, and the, the yeah. steering wheel just flies to the other That's side. It, yeah. There was just loads of amazing little futuristic things that I was like, yeah, this is great, you know. Now, getting down to the story, um, it's... If you had to divide it up between sci-fi and action movie, I would prefer more sci-fi than action, and there's a lot of action here. 
Like yeah, we're running, we're running, we're running. Sci-fi. Yeah, I want more sci-fi sci- action. I want more sci-fi. Yeah. Than action, and this movie devolves a little bit into just action. True. Like, like after a while, it's like, oh, is some more people to shoot at? Is it some more running? I could have done with more of the sci-fi bit, but having said that. It never slows down. In fact, I wanted to go for a pee, and I, I found it hard to actually find a position to pause. Because usually you can feel a moment when, okay, we've just had a big scene now, we're going to have a couple of minutes right. down, and, and it wasn't you did. Much. You picked the right Yeah, moment. but that was like it for the whole movie. Pretty much. Because then it goes like into a fight and into a thing. And I didn't like how it started with the big action thing. I always find that really cheap, because, yes, we realize it's a dream, but I don't like that, because it's like... I mean, oh, it's just to get you get, in, isn't it? That's yeah, the, but that's what I don't like, because it doesn't. It turns me off instantly, mm. no matter what the reason is. And I'm just like, oh, come on. I need, a, I need, you know, I don't need the lowest common thing to get me my heart racing. So that I didn't like. And then the car race were my only two that tipped it down a bit. But as far as a moviegoer with acceptable science for movies, I was totally willing to accept everything. Almost everything. There were a few things that you go, oh, come on, come on. But there's a few Hollywoody movie things that it just definitely, especially the climax of the movie. I thought was a little bit weak, um, and it just felt like a holly, like a typical Hollywood kind of ending to me. But it was good. That was like it's what had to be done. Yeah, it was. That made sense. Yeah, it was good. But there was some things. I don't want to spoil those bits, but yeah. with the actual baddies, baddie and stuff. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. So always a little bit of an anticlimax to me, like how things happen at the end. Yeah. Uh, but then I always think, how would I make it better? And then I think, well, I don't know, actually. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to write that, write an ending, because it's been done so much, right? Um, but, you know, there's a bit of a... Ambiguity, 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 ambiguity to the ending, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, but I, I had a blast with it and I, you know, I, I, all I see and I just went and looked was, eh, it's really poor comparing it to the original. It's not great because there's lots of, uh, like, it's very I mean, Hollywood. It's really annoying to me that the wife, quote unquote, it's just this relentless. I mean, she's too pouty. She's too pissed off. She's just not. Ugh, I didn't. She's like a bit her at Terminatrix, all. and I kind of like that. But she wasn't even good like the Terminatrix. I don't. I mean, just relentless. I'm coming. Yeah, but it was really in a really boring. There was nothing interesting about her. So that made that every time that was going on, I was just like, oh come on, like she just she's just a human now. She's got an endless supply of kicks and punches, and you know what I mean, like that in her expression constantly and she's just <laughs> there's lots of heavy breathing in this now yes they're doing lots of running and stuff but sometimes i have to i want to shake the director and say it's a movie we understand they've been running but when the dialogue is this and we just get and we just get, and and it goes on for minutes and minutes it gets a it gets it got really on my nerves mostly from her and a little bit from jessica beale but I really like the sequence, and I just forgot about it, and just remembered it now. The sequence where they're running, like with, in the elevators, that uh, it's yeah, like that was good. It's almost like cube; they're going everywhere. Yeah. Which and and the, the there's some camera moves that seemed like amazing to me, where she, Terminatrix Bird, 
jumped. I see. I think that's. Unf- I don't think that's jumped towards. It's so much better. Jumped towards and then missed the door and then came in through the roof. Yeah, and the yeah. camera went with her the entire. I was like, whoa! How, how did they do that? Like, obviously a CG yeah. move or maybe not. But there were a lot of interesting scenarios, and that's what I liked about it. It's a. It's an action movie in the middle. But it's an interesting action movie because they're things you've not seen, like weird structures and... It but never... each of those segments could have been trimmed by a couple of minutes because, like you said, well, it we feels just like saw it, the extended cut, it so maybe... evolves a bit so that that slidey thing goes on and on and on with no... You know, as an action person, with this story... Not this story specifically, but this type of story. You know how this chase is going to end. Right. So to to drag it out just for effect, once you've seen one of these elevators come one way and the other one and they have to get out of the way, then when they do it again and then when they do it again, it's like, I get it. It's cool. Let's move on. Like, See, I, I liked it. I wanted more of it. And I wanted more of the car chase. But it's just The empty. car chase was short for me. I was like, just so empty. Because it's like, again... Okay, I loved seeing the whole city. That's the main part. That's of what it I was me. looking at. But then every time we get a glance of the Kate Beckinsale looking all pissy and like, Ugh, and then, and then they dodge him, and then you look at her and she's all pissy, and then you dodge him, and you, and that's how my mind sees it. Da, da, da. I get it. But in Fifth Element, you do some chasing, you do a whole different dynamic, and boom, it's over. That to me, is a nice, concise <coughs> car chase. Even though it looked amazing. Yeah, so what, what, where this movie um, succeeds for me is, I think it's a really good vision of the future. Really interesting vision of the future. I've never seen it before. Not just good. <laughs> what Not mean? positive. Oh, no. I like mean, you would want to live in that future. No, but I, I think it's a really interesting vision Absolutely. of the future. Because, you know, just the fact that there's only these two countries and they're linked by this tunnel and... You know, it's martial law. And it's all humans who live and in And martial these two law. Spots. You know, we forgot to it. mention there's robots that oh, police yeah. force, robot police force, and which is a huge part of the plot. Everything's very, um, you know, locked down. You kind of. I love that when they fell all the way down, and then boom! All of a sudden, you're in a place. You're at the bottom, and it's cars and people in suits, right? And, yeah. and briefcases. Where then you get a, a I would like that to have been explored a little yeah, more. Yeah, it's like that the layered a, city. Yeah, there's like a type of parts of the society that kind of go on up here and cultures that are on different levels. Like, could you, because every culture of the world is now crammed into these places, a little bit of a, a scene or at least a, a, a nod to, well, this is the level where, you know, a lot of the Americans have come to live. So this is like known as the American, instead of a, a section of a city like we have now, like little Italy or a little China, you have whole layers that are like, well, this is where, you know, lots of the people from like Russia and Czechos, this is where they've kind of settled on this layer. That I thought, because I kept thinking, they've got a whole mixture of humans. They're everywhere. All different on the kind Australian of stuff. side of the... Uh... No one speaks Australian. No, because not one single person. I don't know how many Whatever that means. After, but. after, I don't know how long. Like it, right, but we've only got American English, and they've got lots of like Chinese. Asian people. But there's no people. Obviously, there's still going to be Australians if you've still got Americans. Right. And why is he American? <laughs> she. Why are they American? And then we get the little twist where she kind of comes out American. of it. But why can't he be Irish? I don't. Or, is he Irish never, or Welsh? What, no, he's Irish, right. but he does devolve into Irish slightly <laughs> on a lot of occasions it just in this falls movie. Falls in and out, yeah, but yeah. not bad, not bad. It doesn't bother not me though because I kind of n- n- expect it from him though because I never see him do it. I never see 
if in any movie where you see Colin Farrell, he always breaks into his own accent at some point. <laughs> it's ju- it just slightly, and you know how he speaks, so it's it doesn't only bother tiny, him. like maybe at the end of one yeah. word, or maybe at the end. But of But you a know sentence. how he speaks, so you can't. I can't turn it off. Exactly. I, I know he's gonna. I know he's Irish, so it's not. But um, yeah. I so yeah. For me, I liked the vision of the future. I think they really pulled it off. Um, I don't think it. I don't, there was never a moment where I was not in that place. I liked the whole story of it. I did like the story. Um, I actually liked the twists and turns. There was a couple that got me mm-hmm. off guard, and I me was too. like, okay. Um, so overall, I, I, I completely enjoyed it. It was like um, it has sci-fi has got my alley anyway. Yeah, it does. Cause it, it does. Cause, because, it's, because they went the action route. I not think. just that. There are scenes where... Just like that one, where you get one of the twists near the end with Brian Cranston and him, and the, everybody's there in the. Yeah. You know. It seems really poorly edited, and it's real. It's kind of like, kind of shitty done. Like a, it felt real on the cheap versus other scenes, like the way they were moving around, and even the way they ended the scene, and it felt like what, what, where did the. The atmosphere was completely gone. It was really weird. It was almost like, oh, shit, we didn't make that scene. Let's make it three months later. And we're on a smaller set with fewer people. It just seemed really odd. Well, that place where they were was supposed to be. No, I mean, it was even different from the scene that was just in that room two minutes before. I didn't notice that. Right. And I I mean, it just was like, why why does it feel so different all of a sudden? Could be something to do with the extended cut also. No, it was like the whole scene, unless the whole scene is was, in it. The whole thing. Maybe that whole scene was... A diff, you know, when they put the extended stuff back in, and there is 13 minutes of new stuff, maybe maybe the theatrical version is more tighter. Probably is, right? Yeah, it's not attributed to trimming. It, it was just... I don't know. And then there was earlier the... I don't know. I'm not a fan of one of her lines, and that was what turned me off to her character, too. Even though I you got to accept wife. it. No, no, that was fine. Because uh, that's from the original, right? Um, when she said, do you really think someone like you could have someone like me? Right. Why? Because some people think you're beautiful. I just, that turned me off. And then she was, she wasn't even a good bad guy. I didn't think. I really like Jessica Biel, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I just felt like they just pushed her to be too... They kept telling her, oh, you look hot. Oh, you, this is awesome. Oh, you look kick-ass. I think you have to throw your... If you're a total recall Arnold Schwarzenegger fanatic, you're probably not going to like this movie because you're just going to be comparing it the entire time, going, okay, it's, uh, this isn't this, this isn't that, this isn't this. Oh, there's the girl with the three boobs. And there's the, there's the woman from the... Yeah. There are some nods, some absolute nods mm-hmm. to the original. The girl with the three boobs. She's there. Um, not the same girl with the three yeah, boobs, but that would have been good. But it's such an <laughs> I- yeah, it's such an iconic thing. Oh, I had forgotten about that until well, you mentioned it. When I was because I saw Total Recall, young, it was like, oh my god, there's a girl with three boobs. To me, this was the iconic thing or the thing. And you know what I liked about this movie as well? Another future thing: tattoos in the future oh, yeah. <laughs> that are actually like LEDs yeah, that yeah. glow in your back. Like it's fantastic. I was like, whoa. What I felt was really weak too was the Bill Nighy guy. That. Not well, much to him, really. Not just that there wasn't much to him, but that element of... Why the, couldn't he be British Of the well? rebellion... Yeah. Why did he have to put that accent And on? that element of the rebellion story, because they're, the rebe- you know, they're rebelling against the rich people and the huge corporations trying to, like, destroy the colony in Australia, you know, whatever. 
um, like oppressing them. But there was like there was nothing interesting about him at all. It was really disappointed. Like there was nothing interesting about him. He kind of waxed poetic for a minute, which sounded like complete bullshit. And then and there was nothing. Like he walks out, he talks. And I love Bill Nighy. Like I love you know I love him. I love him in every I didn't thing. get why he had to have the accent. I, yeah. I was watching it thinking, did they do they think he sounds too comical or and something? I was like, you haven't convinced me of anything. Like why is why is he the great leader? Why is he the guy everybody's trying to protect? Why is he such a big deal? I get nothing. He doesn't have loads of people around him. He's that was really though another one of those times when I was like, well, they have like not fleshed this out. They haven't added anything to him because they've spent too much time with the car chase and the other things, you know. But it, but to me, like if if you're the fan of the original, this is a different film. Yeah. Yes, it adds nods to the original, it's but they took it film. a different direction. It's not the same thing, you know. Nobody pulls anything out of the nose. It's not. It's not <laughs> well, that. Yeah. Mars doesn't. Ex- you know, it's not a Mars story. And I, I've, I, that's what I read. You know, yeah. oh, we don't even go to Mars. It's not Total Recall. It, it's a different thing. I can honestly say, if I didn't know that beforehand, I would probably be disappointed. To be very honest. Yeah, but because to that's me, the best the, this part. concept is better than going to Mars. That's not, that's not the point. If I didn't know that ahead of time, I would have been waiting for that the entire movie. Right. And that would have disappointed me, even though I... I so maybe knowing that ahead of time was... Because I love Total Recall, the original. So that was that gave me the permission in my brain to go, okay, I don't like comparing remakes anyway, so screw it. It's a whole new thing, and that's it. And that's how I see it. It's a whole new thing. It's a different thing. It's a obviously a modern-day... It's it's more futuristic than the old one, you know. It's and it's a different thing. It's different. Mm-hmm. That if you think of the old Total Recall, yes, it has some action scenes, but not as much as this does. This goes really far. That you know. So why couldn't they have just made this something different then? You know, I call guess, the memory thing something. I guess different. the idea. I guess the idea is you get those people to see it. To uh, it's like a built-in audience to see a. Yeah, but you know they're going to hate it, so that's not. That can't be it. Hmm. I think it is, though, isn't it? I think that's why you use, like, well, we like the idea of that, but we want to. Yeah, but you know the people who love the first one aren't going to like it. Almost, I, I think some would. <laughs> not most of them. I mean, you know that, right? So... I think they went far enough with the science fiction. If you're a science fiction fan, you'd have to appreciate it in some way. Just, just the overall. Play... I'm not sure about that, but we, I did anyway. Yeah, totally. So um, the cast, uh, Colin Farrell is the, is the um, Douglas Quaid slash Cal. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a... No, he's, he's Douglas Quaid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, he's a funny one for me. Um, he's okay, but he's not my favourite. Like, I can't... You mean Colin Farrell yeah, altogether? Yeah, overall, like... Like, I think he's alright in some things, and then some other things I'm like, eh, he's a bit too cocky, or he's a bit... You know, I really like him in Phone Booth. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really underrated movie. I think he's really good in that because it's like a hard thing to pull off. Like just you. And he turned all. He had to kind of be he, right. dismantled a bit before he. You right. Know, in and it's character. like the camera's on you the entire movie. It's it's not it's not not in a scene, right? So it, and it's a different kind of thing. This now, is like Colin Farrell being Colin Farrell, the movie star. Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah. 
with yeah. an American accent. <laughs> yeah, which is unnecessary in my opinion, unless and he does a fine job. I'm not saying he's not. I'm. I. This is one of the better things. He's consistent. He's believable. Everything. Every little twist that you're they're pulling out of the bag. I, I'm convinced when and he's got a lot of little nuances that he does between he and other actors that I think really adds to the believability of the little relationships there. So I thought he was fine. Yeah, I liked him in this. I'm saying this, but it's not everything I like him in. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I think he was a poor choice for that. But in this, he, it seemed... He seemed How about horrible quite... bosses? <laughs> I, I actually liked that because it was so, so, it was so out weird. there, like, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, Kate Beckinsale plays Laurie Quaid, his wife. Um, Other than them choreographing a couple of... A one good fight scene, which even got boring, but... She's really boring now, to me. Now, just let me say, we all know she's sexy, right? And that, and she seems to make a living off being sexy in movies, right? The Underworld franchise, which, funnily enough, we've never seen, and there's four of them. And I see the covers to them, you know, and she's in a cat suit and she looks yeah. sexy and she's got a gun or whatever. And then, you know, White Out, which we... Didn't... Wait, let's, make, let's be very clear here. Men think she's sexy that doesn't make her sexy right but what i'm saying is i don't look at her and go oh she's sexy right but what you're talking about men yeah we we all know she's sexy and you know men know she's sexy yeah and on the front cover of this thing she's in a tight outfit and she's in a tight outfit the entire time in this movie and in her underwear yes she's attractive etc but they really force it on you like it's it's like Endlessly pouting. Endlessly, like, look how sexy I am. Absolutely. Every single scene had to start with somebody getting out of the way of the camera going, oh, you look you look hot. Oh, you look hot. And, and her hair it is, like, so perfect hot. the entire time. Even though it gets wet, it gets yeah. right down there. I, I got so sick of that exact same expression of her. She's got a beautiful face, yes, but then they let her hair hang right down over their eyes a little bit, and she's looking up out of her eyeballs about 50 Times and it's like let this woman who we know does a good job in movies let um, her do well she's fine occasionally I mean, yeah I think she's really hit a miss I, I right but we know she can be really good at like an actual expressing things as a character I haven't seen a, I haven't that. seen a movie with her with her in it where they haven't sexed her up in some way even white out it starts with her in the shower most mo- she's in her underwear at some point. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? I haven't ever seen a movie where... There are people where... listening to this go, yeah, so? Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> I get it, right? I, I do get it, because people like a sexy actress or a sexy... But it's monotonous. I or, like looking at sexy women. Or a sexy leading women. man or whatever. I love looking at sexy women, or sexy women that I find interesting looking. But he's boring. Like, let her be no, different. I, but I, I just... I, I, yes, I think she should... Um, the sh- She's she's sec- there's no doubt about it. She's she's attractive. Well, she's right? skinny. I don't know if that's all well, that matters as sexiness. No, I think she's like attractive, right? So, and everybody knows that. She obviously knows that. Well, that's it, isn't it? She's just skinny, and she's got an average face, and that makes everybody think she's so gorgeous. What? She's super skinny. I don't she's know not who. Curvy. Uh... <laughs> you? So you don't think she just has an average face? I think she's quite pretty looking. She's very just a normal looking, like everything's balanced and right. Well, what, what, what I think is Hollywood thinks she's attractive, and she is, and I'm not denying that. Yeah. Um, but they—that's all they go for. They go, well, Kate's really sexy, yeah. so she has to be sexy. Yeah, she's tight nothing outfit. more than give that. her a tight outfit. She wore a tight outfit in that last thing. Uh, oh, um, also, make sure she's in her underwear at some point. 
which is the opening of this movie, right? It, it's not that necessary. And let's make every pose where we're zooming away from her, where she's standing looking very much yeah. like, what's the poster I keep thinking of, Sheena, where she's like, right. dun dun da where her foot's just a little bit out and her arms are down and she's looking. And, I, and I'm a bloke and I like to see an attractive <laughs> actress. I'm not denying that, but <laughs> I just, I think they overuse the sexy thing with her. And I can't even think of a movie where she has, I, I can't think of a movie I've not, I've seen her in where she's not at some point taken some clothes off or <laughs> pouted or something to make you you know I need to see her in a serious role or something maybe I don't know um, and then we've got Jessica Biel as Melina and I like her 100% more Absolutely. you know and she's another attractive lady so it's obviously the battle of the attractive ladies in this movie that also got a little bit monotonous I mean you can tell that somebody said we need oh my God, this yeah. movie has to be sexy right so we got our sexy leading man we need two sexy ladies also. And there's, and there's these two. And, the, you know, both, like, super attractive women, right? Um, but I like Jessica Biel tons more because she's got range. Like, it's, yep. it's different. It, I mean, yeah, part of it's um, Beckinsale's character. They just made this... Really empty. One-dimensional yeah. character, right? Which you could attribute to... She is. Like, yeah. She's this... Yeah, but Jessica Biel's not exactly complex. We know that there's a relationship there. She's part of the resistance. Right. That's all we know. And yet... She just delivers it better. And she's got, like you said, the difference from scene to scene. There's fear. There's anger. There's vulnerability. There's a little bit of funniness. There's a little bit of sexiness. There's um, her being tough and her being smart and her being brave and all these things. Whereas Kate Beckinsale is just... Boom, 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 boom. That's it. I think that's what she does. But that's, it's so, it's so, subs- it's subtract. I mean, a lot of people say it about like, give her Mi- Mila Jovovich, that she is, in her way, that's what she is. She's pretty one-dimensional. She fights and she looks sexy, right? Resident Evil movies, Three Musketeers. Um, That's her bread and butter, really, isn't it? And, and... Um, Underworld is Kate Beckinsale's bread and butter. Those movies have been really huge for I her. I don't think of Mila that way at all. That's so No, weird. a lot of people and say that her. about her too. But for me, like, yes, they are pretty empty, the Resident Evil movies. But there's more to her than that. In each movie, even. Right. There was lots of different things going on. Now, I'd have to see the Underworld movies. Maybe it made me change my mind. There is four of them. Um... But from what I see, it's her wearing a cat suit and she's got some guns. It's, it looks yeah. very. So um, yeah, Jessica Biel is great in this. I, I really like her. Um, and Brian Cranston plays Cohagen. He's. I think he's way overrated. I know you like him, but I there's do nothing really like special him. or interesting about him. I like him a lot in Breaking Bad. Obviously, I think that's the role he was born to play. Almost. <laughs> um, I liked him in Drive too. Um, Better in Drive, yes, yeah. definitely. But in this, he's really humming it. It's very... 80s bad guy. Yeah. Like he's from like Robocop a Bond or something. Even, no. Do you know what I mean? But like a crappy Bond villain. Very much. Not like, like one of the good ones. Bad hair and bad... I just don't think he's as good as you think he is. He's I think just he is Brian... when, he, when he's in Breaking Bad, though. But he's not always. It's a lot of just the same stuff. Over and over. Well, the, over. if you the transformation of him, he has from, to be upset a lot. No, and the he, transformation of him from episode one of Breaking oh, Bad to okay. what he actually becomes—that arc. If you watch, you know that it's quite amazing what he, how he changes. Okay, 
That's, That's fair, because I, I have not watched him from the very first right. beginning. And I don't watch every episode, so I've only watched individual moments when I think, why do you think he's so great? He's just being, yeah, he's being kind of spicy and he's being kind of like, you know, but that makes total sense. Whereas in one movie, in this movie, he is the quintessential 1986 bad hair, fake looking, tries to be menacing, white elitist bad guy. I mean, that's the best way you can describe him. And there's nothing interesting about him whatsoever. Like, well, I fun, like funnily bad enough, guys he's, he's I a, thought the guy in the beginning, who could have potentially have been a bad guy, the really blonde uh, Asian gentleman who was doing the first recall, I was like, oh, let him be more because he was more interesting to me. I don't know what it was. Well, funnily was enough, um, Cranston's probably not in it seven minutes mm. in the entire movie, right? I would say yeah. 10 minutes at the max. And a little bit on the On the screens. Screen. But yeah. yeah, you don't really see him that much. And Bill Nighy, you probably see even less as Matthias. And what he's a really guy. underused. Like. Yeah. In fact, funnily enough, Bill Nighy is in an episode of Doctor Who. And they used him better. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't, you know, you know what I mean? It's a Doctor Who <laughs> show, uh, TV show. It's like, why, you get somebody as good as he as him, and then you just do like that with him. Just like a five second thing yeah. like. he walks this direction he says some bullshit he turns and walks over here and that's pretty much it yeah then you never see him again um so this is directed by len wiseman and here's an interesting thing for you he directed the underworld movies mm. so he knows how to film kate beckinsale right he knows um <laughs> that's probably one of the reasons she's like this in this movie right Cause, definitely because he He's filmed her in those movies. He knows that she can slide around on her knees. And, and he can people. say to her, oh, it looks hot. Oh, that looks hot. Exactly. It looks hot. Oh, that looks hot. I can imagine that phrase was probably stamped on people's foreheads. And Len Wiseman's a action director, no doubt. You know, Underworld movies. And he also did Live Free and Die Hard, which is the last Die Hard movie. Which wasn't very good, in my opinion. But as far as action is concerned, it was good. He did have a lot of action. You have to, you have to give it that. But, um... Yeah, he's an action director. This is a big action movie. I think he directed it very well. You know? I think the action scenes, I know you think some of them are long. Mm -hmm. I think they might not be as long in the theatrical cut. Mm -hmm. I think they might just have felt long because the extra 13 minutes that we just watched were more car chase and more fight scenes. Um, I think they're really well shot. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's got, you know, there's an eye for like, there's sometimes where I'm like, when they were in anti-gravity shooting. Yeah, that's cool. And he was using the gun as like a pro yeah. propeller, basically. Stuff like that yeah, is like... I'm sure there are phys uh, um, physics Yeah, that, that doesn't work. What are they called? Physic they're not physicians. Physicists? Physicists, I always forget. There are going to be physicists who sit and roll their eyes at probably every single frame of this movie. I'm not doubting that. I can't dispute that. I can't even say, oh, don't let it bother you, because it probably drives them crazy. But in that moment, you become a physicist, and you go, oh, yeah, of course. If I'm in anti-gravity and I shoot a gun, I'm going to go the Propel. other direction. But I don't I, I don't, don't know, know if that, that works, that, no. but it looked good. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I, you know, I don't think I've seen an anti-gravity shootout. For, I can't even recall the last one I saw. Recall. Um, oh, Nice. But there are things in this movie where I was like, yeah, that is cool. That, you know, it might not be the cleverest thing ever, but I didn't exactly. expect it. So, you know, I like Visually, those. you're going to find a lot of things in this movie that you're not used to seeing. It's like when you saw a Bourne movie for the first time, 
there's a style about it that is you just feel like wow i have i've seen we've seen thousands and tens of thousands of movies probably when you see something that all of a sudden your brain is going yeah there's something new oh my god maybe that's why she didn't interest me because you see so many bad guys or so many seen oh yeah yeah uh, so that and the little things like them strapping in to do the drop where you're like okay aliens and predator been there for this you know but then you get the yeah you get the like oh this is what happens when you go through the earth so all these little things kind of keep me stimulated that's probably why i liked it more than i would i was stripped it down so yeah in conclusion here i uh oh no sorry not in conclusion there's some Blu-ray extras. Um, <laughs> you got all excited. So you get a few Blu-ray extras. You get the theatrical and the normal version of the movie. You get a gag reel, which I'm actually not a massive fan of gag reels, but I thought there were some funny parts in this one, especially where the chair didn't work properly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Colin Farrell is in the chair. Yeah, it's supposed and to it's slide supposed back. It's supposed to slide back all cool-like, and it goes about halfway back, and then he pushes it with his foot the rest <laughs> of the way. I thought that was pretty funny, because like, it'd almost be funny if that was in the movie, but... You know. But you get annoyed if you're like the star of a movie, and I'm not saying they deserve to act elite because they do not. But if you're like Colin Farrell or someone like that, and you get to the set, and like, I guess Batman guy is a good example of someone who doesn't tolerate everything being to his standard. Right? The dude was moving, and what's his face? Right. What's his name? Yell. Christian Bale. You know, gives him shit. So you're Colin Farrell, and. They showed some things when door didn't work and the chair didn't work. Do you get like this? I'm sure there are actors who, you know, this is bullshit. You know, I've come here to work my three hours and you people need to get your shit together. But he seems like, well, this is kind of funny that the chair doesn't work. And, yeah. oh, that door, mate, that door won't open for Those you. Those things falling like, off. He's, he has the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Set, like, the sensors on his head when he's the going suction into, cups they all just keep, keep falling, falling off. <laughs> Um, this is interesting, actually. There's the theatrical and the extended cut. Listen to this. And this is, I only just learned this. The extended cut of the movie is 20 minutes of new footage not seen in the theatres, plus an alternate ending. So the ending we saw is not the ending oh. the th- theatrical people saw. Well, now you're going to have to throw it in there. We know we're going to have to see it. what the ending of the other one is. But we let's just say we're reviewing the extended cut, Yeah. which actually features it. The ending might not be that when much When you different. said ambiguity at the end maybe it's more that's just the end we saw yeah so or it could be like absolutely nothing you know sometimes, sometimes the alternate ending yeah. is just like nothing. one like 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 he says something different yeah exactly yeah um so what you get on here extras is total recall with insight it's a um picture in picture maximum movie style mode and it's the director len wiseman telling you about the movie there's a couple of featurettes science fiction versus science fact which is We've all seen this guy before, because even yeah. I have. It's like a um, Very Japanese um, futurist. futurist who will explain the things that happen in the movie and whether they are... Loosely. Yeah, whether they're real or... It's not really that. He's, he's, he's not got enough detail for me, because like nope. he said something. And he goes, yeah, flying cars. Well, we've got flying cars now, believe it or not. But they're too expensive. And I was like, which flying cars have we got? I've never seen them. <laughs> He's going, oh, we've got flying cars now. And I'm like, okay. In a lab somewhere, maybe. So maybe we do have flying cars now. But wouldn't we have seen at least a video of like the prototype or something? And he's like, no, we have them now. And there's three types. And then he explains the three types. And I was like, oh, so we have those three types? Where are they? I don't think that's what he meant. He's talking about like scientifically in laboratories. We right. have designed them. They do Magnets. work. They do work. 
They're just too expensive. Obviously, and not you know you can't all of a sudden tell the world from now on we have flying cars. He's, but he's he he's told like, me that we had flying cars, and I was like, I've Great. seen him in lots of other <clears throat> science videos. I saw him do a whole presentation on TED Education on YouTube, and he is. <laughs> I don't want to say he's wacky because I think he's a physicist, right? I think, but I don't know for a fact if he's qualified as anything specific. But the thing he does in th- for this movie is, you know, he'll say like, you know, we, they've got a automated workforce. They're making robots, and in the future, yeah. robots will make their own robots that get smarter and smarter. Like it has generation nothing to do one, with the movie, yeah. yeah. And the next generation of robots that make their own robot babies will then be smarter than the parents. And you're like. Oh, that's one of his main premises. So, like you said on the, um, what's it called? The show that we just watched? The Comedy Guys? Made fun of a futurist because his his research was watching Doctor Who and, like, thinking about the future. He said, yeah, he was a futurist and it was a documentary about what a futurist does. And he's like, well, I get up, I have some cornflakes, and then I watch a bit of Doctor Who, and then I think about the future a little bit. He didn't say dog to doctor. He says, I do my research. I think, yeah, I think, you know, he's, yeah, I think about the future a little bit and then I write it down. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. Because, like, mm. seriously? That's what you do for a living. Everyone can do that. <laughs> like, it makes me, um, there's actually a guy in the gaming, video gaming industry, that Pacta guy who's the analyst. Oh, yeah. His job is an analyst. And I often think that's what he does. He sits there and he goes, hmm, video games are going to sell this year. <laughs> People are going to buy them. <laughs> you know, like... Because the stuff he says, you're always like... Yeah. yeah of course that's going to happen. <laughs> we don't need you or, to tell of course us. that's not going to happen. Yeah. What are you, crazy? Like, yeah. No, usually, of course that's going to happen. Like, um, he'll say, uh, in the middle of this year, when the when the E3 rolls around, Microsoft are going to tell you about new games. <laughs> it's almost like... That's, and you go... Well, they have done every other year, so why won't they do it this year? So, yeah, I, sometimes you wonder what those people actually do. They they must charm the pants off of people, and then everybody then goes, people oh. think, we need those people. Or they wrote yeah. a book at one point that seemed legitimate. Right. Or they have a way of, just like there would have been people watching Snake this guy. salesman. At, yeah, exactly. Who were convinced, oh, right, you know, whatever they say, but it's all bullshit. So th- there's another there's a, another feature called Designing the Fall. Which I wanted to be better than it was because yeah. it wasn't very in depth, but it did explain the you know it didn't explain much more than the movie explained to be honest. But um, there's a director's commentary, there's additional features, total action, and stepping into recall, which is pre-visualization stuff, and then there's this is a really good extra, <laughs> and I reckon if you're a video gamer and you got PlayStation Three, did we do it? We didn't do it. I, I did it oh. previously this week. There is the exclusive demo for the new God of War game, oh. God of War Ascension, oh dear. on this Blu-ray. You just put it in your PlayStation 3 and play it. Um, and it's really cool. It's pretty short, but if you're a God of War fan, it's the only way to play it is to buy this disc. So, Feel worth it? It was pretty cool. Is it worth it if you had to pay for that DVD to get that game only? I think... Would watching this movie be worth it? <laughs> See, this... Yeah, I might, anyone it might, buy push it, me o- it might have pushed me over the edge to buy this because I know that I would probably like this and that might throw me over because right. there was a big sticker on the box which I took off that said God of War demo um, I don't hate stickers on my Blu-ray know, boxes so I take them off um, 
So that's it. At the for... bookstore, they put stickers all over the covers I of really, paperback books, I really hate it. and I always feel bad for like collectors or someone who wants to like like I bought books for people for Christmas gifts, and I had to, and there was the price sticker. Boom, nine ninety seven. Yeah. Boom, nineteen ninety seven. Like a big circular sticker, and I'm like, oh, it's probably those vinyl-y things. Oh no, it was it was yeah. like paper sticker on paper paper, and I had to like I got my exacto knife and just like very delicately got it got them peeled off. But I just think I um, bought Pulp Fiction. How lazy is that? Or I've, what? What's the alternative? I don't know. I, but at least I bought put it Pulp on the Fiction inside. on Blu-ray from Best Buy online, huh? and. Uh, it, I bought it early because I wanted the slip cover because it was like a special slip cover with a different art to what was on the inside. I bought it online, thinking yeah. if I go into the store, it'll have stickers all over it. But if I buy it online, it'll be a new one. Right? I, let me guess what the ending of the story is. It has stickers on it. Yeah, a big Best Buy sticker on the front, right? That oh, said nineteen ninety nine. Big white sticker, and the white sticker was one of the security stickers that would not come off, and it's damaged the slip oh. cover. And I've still got the. Da- it's damaged. I mean, it looks terrible. And I emailed them and said, I'm never going to buy a Blu-ray off Best Buy online again. And they never replied. Of course. Because you so, already bought and I, it. And you know what? I've never bought one off them again. I buy them from Amazon. Does it got the sticky no stuff left or it actually tore? The sticky stuff actually... Because I can get that off. The sticky stuff tore the... But if it's just got sticky stuff left, I can get that off for yeah, you. Yeah, no, it tore it. It, it took... It was I like, might have... It wasn't it. a shiny cover like this. It was like a matte cover. So it like... Damaged right. the matte finish. Peeled the ink off and stuff. So, um, in, con- in conclusion on uh, Total Recall... I had a good time. I, I really did too. And after watching Ted last week, which we did not like, <laughs> no. I was going, I hope this isn't really crappy. And the thing is... And it wasn't. People who... We've had discussions. We've had some online discussions and people commenting directly. People listen to us about how we just didn't get it. We didn't understand it. I disagree with that, but then for us to go to watch a movie like Total like Total Recall, which some people would say, say is totally dumb, exactly, and we're going, no, I really, I had a good time. Well, it's we're not claiming that it's fantastic or that we buy every scientific notion, but there is an intangible that we talk about in movies a lot. Sometimes the intangible is something like Tree of Life, where or Django and Chain from this week, Django and Chain, or Magnolia, or for me, True Romance, or Midnight Run, or those movies that that somehow they are like the magic thing that makes you love movies more and and think about life and think about the story and the people, all that stuff. And then there are movies that are absolutely just escapist. No, I mean. Um, I don't really think of movies as escapism. That was one of my issues. And I, I do. Trying to figure I out... I like to get into a world for a couple of hours. Right, I don't think of it as escapism. I always think of people who totally dig something like Ted or the shitty, shitty Catwoman or something as an escapist because they would rather be watching that than thinking about life. That's escapism. To me. Like, I don't know. Maybe well, I, I'm well, not making. Well, it, I'm not say, uh, saying it clearly. For but. me, like when I sit down and watch a movie, I do get completely into it, right? I, I don't that's how it that works for me. Like I go and sit down and watch Django Unchained. I'm in the West for three hours, right? I'm, I'm not but thinking not, of anything else. I'm you're just, not using it as a tool to distract you from life. No, but it's really fun just to. Whereas get I lost hear people it. justify loving movies like Ted or. Something else that I maybe I just find as as equally empty. Well, I understand. If and you... say like, oh well, I work hard and I life sucks. And if I can sit down and laugh at a bear fucking a girl for five minutes, then that's what. And that's are fine, for. right? 
I find it really I mean, empty. No, I think that's fine you too. You can think if that's a little you deeper like, than that. Then. And first of all, your life probably doesn't suck that bad. You're just being a right. But if if you get if the pleasure for you, like I, you know, the yeah. Pl- but where's the value then? What value is there to it other than just it need to distracting you from what you think is a shitty life? Like. They must. They don't have to try very hard. See, I don't think there needs to be a value to everything. I think a bit of just to throw away entertainment is also a thing. I, do, I, I sit down and watch some dumb comedy like Anchorman, and like it's just I just put a smile on my face for a couple of hours, and that's as but, far as. But it goes. that's the thing: you're not escaping. You're not comparing that experience to how much better it is than your shitty life. That's what I'm talking right. about. That's what I was trying to get to with people who totally defend, you know, movies that I just look at and go, what, what, there's nothing to this, like, at all. But then Total Recall has nothing to it, I guess. No, but, but, for me, I, I happen to like sci-fi, so you can throw sci-fi at me and I generally, like, respond to it in a way. Unless it's terrible, (laughs) because there is some terrible sci-fi. But this wasn't... It grasped me from the start, and then it was good. So I recommend it. Um, I don't. It's not the best thing ever, but I mm. do recommend it if you like. A spectacle is definitely awesomely made. Uh, there isn't a flaw in the CG or anything. It just What looks, would you say is like an absolutely spectacular sci-fi movie? Star Wars. For me. Fifth Element. Um... Star Wars. <laughs> Mostly Star Wars. <laughs> All of Star Wars. All nine hours of it. Yeah. <laughs> or 12 I'm hours. trying to think. I mean, I love Fifth Element. That sticks in my head. Yeah, like, me too. Um, I love a Total Recall. Starship Troopers. Um, Harrison Ford. The ge- the one you mentioned earlier. Robots. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. <laughs> Uh, Alien. Oh, Dark City. Alien. Prometheus. Yeah, I think Dark City was a good... Dark City. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of sci-fi that tickles my... But then there's a lot of sci-fi where I'm like, uh, it's just really I like garbage. John Carter to a, to a lot of degrees. There are lots of elements yeah. in that I do, did like. Yeah, but there's, it's not... It's, it's missing, missing something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Whereas Total Recall, for what it is, I don't think is missing something. Because it's like, for what it is, to yeah. me, it, for, it scratches everything. Like, it's like action, and Kate Beckisdale being sexy. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's a big minus. <laughs> All right, so... Um, thanks to Sony for the Blu-ray. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Frankenweenie, Tim Burton's Frankenweenie. Um, Aren't you excited? Yeah, because it looks really fun, I think. And stop-motion animation is a thing people need to keep doing. It, yeah, I agree. It shouldn't be a lost art. It should never turn into a CG thing. Stop-motion animation is it, right? I mean, not not many people do it. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Coraline. Coraline. Frankenweenie. It's rare you get one, and when you do get one, it's always amazing to look at, I think. Because I always look at it in that way of, oh my god, this took a long time to (laughs) do. Somebody moved that little hand 50 times. In the space of a week. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just so intricate. Like, so, um,. If you want to enter a contest, and I have a new contest on my page, uh, go and... What is it? What is it? It's called Love Me. It's a new oh, Blu-ray. Honey, are, why are you having a contest for that? I already love you. You didn't even tell me about this. I mean, I did find you online. Are you trying to find somebody else online? Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, it's a movie. Silly me. The Blu-ray's called Love Me. It's from Anchor Bay. It's coming Am I out, eligible? It's coming out in... <laughs> 
a few weeks, but you can win a copy early. If you go to aschoolie.com, click on the word contest, enter the Love Me contest. Um, new movie game. It's the new year. It's our first show of a new year. We have a new game. We've been playing the same movie game for a year. We thought we'd switch it up. And I made this one up this weekend after a little bit of a discussion. Uh, and the contest is called Movie Year. As in year. New year. Movie made. Year. That's so, the name of it? Yeah, Movie Year. Movie Memory 123 was so much more colorful. No. But I'll think of a new name for it by next week. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, why can't I? It's always over there. All right. Don't look at it. I'm not. I can't even see it, even when I highlight it. <laughs> Maybe you can on yours. Oh. It's right behind you. No, I got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, how this works is, I ask you, we're going to alternate. alternate. Oh, no, I we're, no, we're not going to alternate. We're going to both do one every week. Okay. All right, I give you the name of a movie, and you tell me what year it was. Do when I get it came choices, out. or do I have to just... You don't get choices. Oh, God. The movie is, on the Django Unchained theme, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I am going to say... Um... Do I get any? Do we get any kind of allowance, like one year either direction, or do we have to always no, be right? No, you have to get it. <laughs> do we get a hint? Like was it? Was a, no, okay. you get nothing. Nineteen ninety-two. It's a hard Nineteen ninety-two. No, you're wrong. Nineteen ninety-four. Oh, I was close. Close. You acted like I was like a decade off. Nineteen ninety-four. Correct. For Pulp Fiction. Now, see, I'm gonna have to try to think. How do I? How will we place movies in time? Some of them will be obvious. Because you go, oh, that was like, oh, yeah. that's old. That's you know, but I think that, it's a pretty hard contest, and that's why yeah. I like it. Nineteen ninety four. So go on. Okay, your turn. Mine is uh, three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. Yeah, now don't look at my screen. I'm not looking. Let me think. When did I see that? Three men and a baby. Is it? <laughs> see, it's a hard one to place. Even I was because it popped is it in nineteen eighty nine. Is that your final answer? Yes. No. 1987. Wow, I was close. I Again. know. Then you try to think back. Okay, when I think of the I movie, almost thought it was in the 90s. Was it? Yeah, exactly. It didn't... When you think back and look at it, it doesn't... It doesn't seem 80s. It's got the pretentious yuppie thing going on hardcore, but yeah, it doesn't jump out at you as an 80s movie. So... So our, our we both uh, got it wrong. The first episode of Movie Year, we tragically... <laughs> but we were only a couple of years out, both of us. But interesting, Pulp Fiction and Three Men and a Baby. Correct. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, ho- hopefully you at home got, got it right. So um, movie recommendations this week, I'm going with Original Total Recall. Well, that's really shocking. I think you should see it uh, if you've never seen it. I, I think it's probably really terrible Yeah. if you are newer generation moviegoer and I don't know if it's terrible Arnold's not very good he's not good but I mean it doesn't make it terrible but what is awesome about it is it's directed by the same fellow who directed Starship Troopers and Mm -hmm. Robocop and it's got uh, a lot of really good in camera special effects it has and a lot of early CGI and my second uh, what year was Delta Recall uh, that could be in another True. Uh, contest. <laughs> so, um, we've, we've finished with that game now. <laughs> and my second recommendation is uh, Will Smith in iRobot. That's a good one. Um, That's a good sci-fi one, I think. It is. It's a good sci-fi story. And, you know, there's obviously robots in Total Recall. That are yep. more, they're a bit more military looking, but there, it's a similar vision of robots in the future. 
Um, and, you know, making them. And, yeah. You know, in fact, in yeah. Total Recall, he makes them yeah. for a living. So, um, yeah, iRobot and Total Recall. In mine are Running Man, because I think that Running Man, for an older Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, um, it's really not great either, because it's it's really over the... It's uncomfortable. It's, it's like it's time it's to the stop kind, running. Yeah, it's the kind of violence that you go, oh god, it's almost like hobo with a shotgun kind of bullshit. Yeah, you know it is I mean? like that. Yeah, but something about it, the story. No, hobo with a shotgun is not bullshit. It's another awesome. vi- another vision of the future <laughs> where we're all so fucked up that we watch a game show where people are, you know, it's life or death basically, and so. Um, I find that one interesting. And then my other one is, we've discussed it already, of course, one of my favorite all-time sci-fi movies is The Fifth Element. Yep. It's got sci-fi, it's got flying cars, it's got high, tall cities, it's got Mila. Bruce Willis. I do think he fits the part. It's got a blue lady. (laughs) It's got... um, It's got Gary Oldman. Who did all the outfits? Um, Gautier. He did all the outfits for the whole movie. Jean-Paul Gautier. Clearly. Yeah. Um, so, it's got yeah. the guy from Rush, who's really funny in it. It's got Luc Besson, who it's directed pretty, it. Yeah, correct. So, um, yeah. Good recommendations this week. Games and Ace Cully stuff. I put down, we watched Django Unchained. We've already discussed that. I played one game this week. Family Guy. For seven days? Well, I played... Actually, two weeks ago, we I, did a podcast. I played... No, we did one last week. Ted. Oh, it slipped my mind. <laughs> so, I, no, I did play. I played some games, Black Ops, etc., which I've already talked about. But <laughs> a new game, I played Family Guy Road to the Multiverse. And you sat and watched me play Family Guy Road to the Multiverse. Because, contrary to what people might think, after me not liking Ted at all, I actually really am a huge fan of Family Guy and American Dad. Right, so Family Guy Road to the Multiverse, it's presented the game itself as like an episode of the show, like a... Um, it's even got the intro and mm-hmm. all the voice acting, etc. Um, so what did you think of it? And you watched me play it for maybe three or four hours, probably. <clears throat> yeah, it was. I got through, like, three levels, two, two levels. I don't think it was that long, but um, it's, it's, a whole fun afternoon. At, it's fun at first, because it is what it is. It's the characters. And then the thing where the video gameness bores the shit out of me and so the repetitiveness the constant killing of people and stuff I think it's really uh, ugh. It's, so, well to me what it is it's like they couldn't think of like it could have been an adventure game like The Walking Dead absolutely it could have been puzzles it could have been yeah. all kinds of stuff I would have preferred that but what they actually made it into was a third person shooter yeah and it's re- what's, it's like this go over there and get this shoot some guys go over here and get this and that's all it is. Nothing ever changes. Yeah. Um, Looks fun, but... No, it's not actually that fun to do, because it's it's not and it's not of, like Call of Duty or anything. And also, it's, it's like, a lot of graphical glitches, if you notice, if you're watching the... You weren't watching as close as me, probably, to all the... I thought it looked stuff. good overall. It didn't really. It was you really looking at it, unless you got a really small TV, maybe. But a lot of the things, like, chop off real... each other, and a lot of the graphics kind of cut into themselves... They're not, like, nice three-dimensional, and they're not, like, flat either. There's some weird, like, when they were putting them together, the they didn't, I don't know, didn't quite... It, um, on the, it plus, on first, the plus side, it has a lot of levels. There's, like, 11 or 12 levels, and the levels take, like, an hour and a bit to get through each one. It's I do love listening to Brian and Stewie talk. 
Yeah. You're going to look. Unfortunately, they say the same thing a lot yeah. um, when they're fighting. But yeah, the actual cutscenes are all... So it's like, I don't know about the show, but apparently they go into this other... Multiverse. Yeah. So each level can be whatever. One level, the first level was like frat houses. Well, that the fraternities run the universe. So right. those are the guys who run it. The next one was like Amish. the Amish run the universe. And each one is a different thing. And there's like 11 different scenarios. So if you're a fan... One of the problems with it, when you're talking about multiverse, if you're a fan and you know what I'm saying, but in the show, when they zip into or they transform or whatever, they travel to another universe, it is more... I don't know how the difference. I don't know what the difference is, but you're convinced. You know, there's a multi, there's a universe where dogs are in charge and people are the pets. And once you go there, even in one little scene that they show you, um, you're convinced fully that the whole universe is this. Just by the the clever, maybe not clever, but it's it's made very clear the the completeness of it. Whereas in this game, you go to a farm ran by the Amish. And so that's all you... It could be that you're just on an Amish right. farm. You're not in a universe that's ran by Amish people. It's not established. The Greek thing is, uh, the fraternities, you're you're in a college town, and there's fraternities everywhere. But the universe isn't ran by... So I know that sounds nitpicky, but it feels very... It doesn't have to be the multiverse, is what I'm saying. Like, they kind of... The reason they're going from universe to universe is that Stewie's... Nemesis, uh, who would have been his brother but was not born in this universe, is going from universe to universe gathering an army so that he can come and destroy our universe. And so they have to chase him down. And along the way, they get tools. They were able to control their remote control to track things and now find the universes they want and get tips and stuff. I was thinking maybe it got better the further it went on, but it didn't seem that way. And there's a boss at the end of every level, which was pretty easy. Like, it didn't take yeah. any skill at all, hardly. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a miss for me. I'm not a fan of Family Guy, so the jokes are lost on me. Uh, I, I thought it looked all right. Um, I like the presentation of it. There's a multiplayer mode, but I never even bothered. So that's my uh, awesome review it could, of that. It has so much potential, and yeah. that's the suckiest thing to say about something when it's it doesn't. It's just boring. It's a little bit boring for me. A little bit. Because the gameplay is repetitive. That's it. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Leftovers. But what kind of leftovers? Yesterday, I got up at about 9.30 in the morning for whatever... Well, I got up early and then stayed up. And about 9 o'clock in the morning, I started making supper. <laughs> I could <laughs> smell it reason, while I was asleep. I decided to make a... We saw it on Jamie Oliver. He had made a meat pie on one of the episodes of that show we were watching. And it looked amazing. So we don't eat meat. But I was like, I'm making a vegetable mushroom pie. And so I made a vegetable mushroom pie. Pie crust on the top. Vegetables. Gravy. Potato. Sweet potato. Beans in there. Broccoli's in there. All kinds of stuff. With pie crust on the top. So we're having leftover. That and pickled beets. That's it. And Magnum bars for dessert. Sounds good. <laughs> and? And my advice? Is that what you're saying? Yes. What's my advice? I know what your advice is. It's written there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's... I, I don't know the definition of advice, but I'm going to say this. You know, friend, a friend isn't just someone you know. Now, that's me saying this. My definition of friend or friendship might be different than yours, but when I hear people say... 
uh, oh, she's a good friend. Oh, she's my best friend. Oh, she's a good, good friend of mine. And you've just listed like 20 different people and you basically don't know them very well, but you talk to them at work or you met them once because you went to a bachelor party and she was there and now she's your friend. I, I think that devalues the actual thing because I take my friendships. I have very, very, very few friendships. Like, I think I could put them on one hand possibly at this point in my life. Not counting family slash friendships, sisters, mother, cousins, whatnot. But I mean actual friends that are people that I've met in my life who are not family, but for whatever reason we, we, stay, we stay connected to each other very deeply and very, like, uh, you know, it can be years before you talk to that person, but for some reason they're, they're super important to you. And then there are the friends that I talk with all the time and I can't wait to see them. And every time we're together, we just have a fantastic time and I love them dearly and I care about them deeply. But I only have maybe five, maybe, maybe six. So that just gets on my nerves. And I don't know why, but this week two or three different people did it. And I was like, they're not your friend. That's not your friend. Acquaintances. She's a clerk at a store that you talk to two times a week about what kind of toilet paper you're buying. Oh, yeah, she's a friend of mine. She's not a friend of yours. She's like the girl who takes your money. Fair enough. But yeah, that just kind of irked me. Because when I say someone is my friend, I don't mean it like that. I mean it like this is a person I'm bonded to. Like forever. They are stuck with me and I am stuck with them. <laughs> so I'm your friend. Kind of. Well, yeah. once you married me, you were then my husband. But husband. Friend. if someone's listening to this and they didn't weren't aware of the fact that you are married to me. Correct. And I am, in You're, turn, married to you. Yeah. <laughs> we cool. are a husband-wife team or duo. What do you reckon? Both. <laughs> so, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, listening to this duo <laughs> slash team. And I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, the Zoom Marketplace for this podcast, the iTunes Music Store for this podcast, or just go to the RSS feed. Um... Just go to basically.com. What do you mean on, on YouTube? Podcast. Uh, we just we go on YouTube and use YouTube. I, I am thinking in the in the future, um, somewhere else. I mean, no, I'm not going to stop audio this podcast, but I want to actually put it on YouTube. The podcast, in addition, but not a video podcast. No, don't want to look at us for an hour. I'm talking like you can listen to the like podcast. other people do. They put like um, a cat title card up, and then the podcast will occur. Now, what if I, I was really ambitious, because I draw, right? I could do little animated things. That would be awesome. That'd be, you'd have to be super ambitious for that though, every week, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking of doing it, and I don't know if I will yet, because I did realize I only have 15 minutes of video at a time I can put on. So oh, it'd have to be right. split up. It might be a pain in the ass. Yeah. But you ask to be a partner, but they won't let you, right? No, I am a partner. I can get money for videos. But I can't... I haven't got the extended... Mine have been extended. Have they? Yeah, but that doesn't help, because I want it to be mine. No, I'm saying, though, but I don't do anything more than you. I have about five videos on there. If you want to look at me, Sid Talk. C-I-D-T-A-L-K. You can actually see Maybe it's changed. You can see my face of me putting on makeup on one of my videos. I was going to say, maybe it's changed, and I've not looked at it recently. I'll have to try it out and try and upload a long video and see what happens. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking of doing it. Just another place to put, and you know, more people will find it on Google, mm-hmm. etc. So, um, you know, might do, might not. Give him some feedback if you think it's a good idea. If right. you would use it, 
Yeah, if you would listen to it on YouTube instead of however you get it now, it's best to have more ways of getting it. I mean, the way I, I, I do provide lots of ways to get it already, but. So um, uh, that's it. You can email feedback to me at aschool.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And uh, stay classy, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, not stay classy, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stay classy, um, Kate Beckinsale. She needs to class it up a little. Class it up a little, yeah. So get classy. Yeah, Kate get Beckinsale. classy. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.